In today's show, we'll dive into the nitty-gritty of victim mode, what's really happening, and why people even go there. If your spouse or if you yourself ever fall into this victim mode, you'll also learn how to deal with it so that you can find healthier ways of relating to one another and overcoming the challenges that life brings. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have what we think is an empowering episode for you this week. This is episode number 218. Today, we're going to be talking about victim mentality and how to overcome that. But before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed coming to terms with your unexpected pregnancy. There's a pun right there. Oh, coming to terms with it. This is... That's um, terrible. Yep. Worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice in all of our shows. And most of all, we offer hope. Let's get into the topic of victim mode for Linda. All right. What is it? Victim mode or victim mentality is where a person going through difficult situations views themselves as a helpless victim, unable to do anything about those circumstances. Okay. And people with a victim mentality blame other people or outside forces for their suffering, and they believe that they're helpless to prevent bad things from happening. Okay. Which is a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Now, to understand the victim mentality, you have to understand the concept called locus of control. We've talked about this before. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Locus without a T. (laughs) So it's not a grasshopper. An internal locus or place locus of control means that you believe you have the power to affect situations and circumstances. Like control is within. Yes. Yeah. When you have that internal locus of control, you know and understand that your actions determine how successful you are with regards to the life challenges that arise. Okay. It's not like, you know what, I can control everything around me. Right. But it's like, you know what, if that happens, we'll deal with it when we get there. But it's, it's having the control to respond to what's thrown your way. Yeah. Or to deal with what comes well, your way. Well, it's like a belief that you have the, uh, you can handle it when you get there kind of thing too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Now, an external locus of control means that you tend to see other people or random chance like fate or um, some people might spiritualize this with God, like sovereignty or something like that. Mm-hmm. You see those outside things as being the driving forces in your life and you likely believe that you have little power over them. They just happen to you and you got to take what you're given. Okay. But that's kind of true. Even if, like, you can't yes. help, you know, being you in an accident or, right. you know, random things that happen. So you can see how it gets reinforced or that belief gets set up because there are things outside you, right? Yeah. So I can't, I can't prevent a random motor vehicle accident from happening to me. Like, yeah. random in the sense that I, it's not planned for. Like, it, right. you know what I mean? Right. I could do my best to swerve and avoid, but I just couldn't. Yeah. But I can, with an internal locus of control... I can take charge of my recovery, my rehab, mm-hmm. my grief if if I lost someone or lost okay. my health or, you know what I mean? Those sorts of things. Whereas in a victim mode, you know, it's like, well, 
the insurance company will have to decide all that. I, I don't even know if I'm going to get rehab. It's like all of those other things are all outside of your control. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you're Instead it's, of like fighting for it. Yes. Okay. Now, victim mentality is linked to an external locus of control because people with this mindset, they believe that bad things happen to them. And while they're not to blame, they're also powerless to do anything about it. And I think it's that powerlessness piece is what we've been talking okay. about, right? Is it only bad things? Like, don't you think it could be good things too? Uh, well, victim mode or mentality is usually associated with negative, negative things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like nobody goes around like the sun shone on me today. No, but they might have been like, oh, you know, I just won the lottery. No, that's no. not an example. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just shut up. Okay. Victim mentality. Is I'd be like, yeah, that negative. sucks. Give me your ticket. <laughs> so if, if your spouse struggles with this, then she or he also is likely to have very anxious and negative views about themselves and the world around them. This mm. often goes in parallel with this. Okay. Your spouse probably or possibly believes that bad things happen specifically to them, that their situation is uniquely bad. Mm. And it, and they have also the belief that attempts to help them will fail. So this rehab's probably not going to work. Oh, right? The okay. insurance company will never come through for us. Right. Okay. So more and, negative. Yes. Now just know what happens there. This leads your, this can lead, often does lead your spouse to be passive and apathetic about solving their problems. And ex, and instead they expect other people to rescue them or they might not even have the mm-hmm. rescue expectation, but if they do, it could be you as the spouse, like you're the rescue person now. Okay. Yeah. Now, along with that, the victim mentality, it also becomes self-fulfilling because the mentality can often create situations where the person in that victim mode ends up becoming a victim. It's self-fulfilling. Oh, really? So think of it this way. If someone expects bad things to happen and thinks there's nothing they can do about it, they'll make no effort to prevent the bad things from actually happening since it's what they are expecting all along. So oh take, the, okay. take our motor vehicle accident. I probably won't get decent rehab anyways, so I'm not going to push for it. So I don't get it. So then I end up with a little bit extra disability, which confirms my belief that I'm a victim. Yeah, yeah, okay. But it was... It was actually the belief at the front that predicated all the behavior that led to the greater victimization. Because if you had the internal locus of control way back at the beginning, you may have fought for the rehab or yeah. insisted or... Yeah. Be like, I'm going to bug those medical people till they're sick of me Yeah, to make sure that I get back on my feet and full movement. Okay. Okay. Kind of thing, right? Yeah. So that belief is just reinforced. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. And so from that, you get a greater risk of victimization right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, the beliefs reinforced because the greater probability of victimization means something bad is more likely to happen. Okay. Yeah. So not only is it self-fulfilling, but when people in victim mode ask for help, they'll often end up rejecting other people's attempts to help them. They see their situation as hopeless, so they dismiss any suggestions of how to solve the problem, or they even react with hostility when you try to offer a solution. But you can't help people that don't want help. Right. If they're not willing to help themselves, how can you help them? Right. Okay. But then what happens for the helper? The person who is attempting to help them is often then prompted to withdraw, leading the person with the victim mentality to conclude that they were right all along and that they cannot be helped. So more kind of reinforcement of the beliefs. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is where you as a spouse may really find yourself running into a brick wall if you're married to someone who's in the victim mode at this Mm -hmm, point in time, mm -hmm. because you can't even help your spouse help himself or help herself. They're just so very stuck. It's like you have no idea how to help. Right. Because it's like, a, it's impossible to succeed in a sense. Okay. This is a tough place to be. It is. And we're going to go down another level here. So this okay. is level two kind of stuff because there's secondary gains. We're going to go deeper here. I often ask folks in counseling when they're doing something that appears to be unhelpful, like when they're, you know, relishing their 
victim mentality, for example, how is that actually helpful for you? You know, if you set all judgment aside for a moment, mm-hmm. how is how is being this way helpful for you? And and they often quickly come back, well, it's not. And I'm like, no, 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 just just go here with me for a few minutes. Let's just explore this. Okay. Now, a couple of researchers that studied this argued that people often unconsciously keep themselves in victim mode because there are some hidden benefits that come along with the unhappiness that it brings. Really? In other words, it kind of works or it helps in a unique way. So for example, acting like a disempowered victim may lead to a spouse showing you more affection and attention as they try to comfort you as the victim. Okay. Okay. Or so like if I maintain the victim mode, you really dote on me. That's a secondary benefit. Okay. Or believing myself to be powerless may mean that I don't have to accept responsibility for the harm that I'm causing to myself or others. So if like, if let's say I got uh, injured in a car accident and I can see that this is dragging you guys down because now you're running to the hospital to deal with me and I'm not making as much income and Mm -hmm. right. And so I'm going to feel like I'm really dropping the ball Mm -hmm. potentially. But if I see myself as a victim, I get relief from that guilt. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I think so. You don't have to accept responsibility for the harm Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's come with it or even that you're causing to yourself or to others. So these are referred to as secondary gains. These are the beneficial things that come as a result of bad things happening to you and you Mm -hmm. staying in in this victim mentality. Mm -hmm. You know what, Caleb? Like I've had health struggles over the last year Mm -hmm. and I've even fallen into that. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay if I don't have supper on the table or my house is a disaster because I've been sick. But how is that? Because it takes away the guilt. Like poor me, right? I can't do it. So instead of being like, but okay, then, I need to get up and do it. Yeah. But I mean, part of me couldn't do that either. But it just, well, that's the even thinking that way yes. relieved the guilt. I okay. wasn't sitting there feeling guilty that I couldn't do this for my family. Okay. So, I mean, the question that we get to is, we, you know, when do you kind of have to shake yourself and make supper anyways? Because it is just the mentality. Or when do you have to admit that I have this limitation I, right now and you do better just accepting it, being graceful about that? That's when you talk to your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a good point, but it shows you how tricky this is, like how fine a line there is between accepting some limitations yeah, and and starting to shift towards that external locus of control. Yeah. And, okay. and we should say this as well, that this secondary gain thing is almost always subconscious. So people with victim mentality aren't being deliberately manipulative, nor are they consciously trying to hold on to a mindset like this, like in order to harm others, right? Okay. Yeah. Now, as the spouse of someone... Uh, struggling with victim mentality, if you're listening today and this is your spouse who struggles with this mentality, you'll definitely find it easier to show compassion if you can identify these secondary benefits. Of it just how it's ha- actually helping them. Yeah, okay. I think so. You may have to figure that these things out on your own or if possible, have a gentle but curious discussion with your spouse to try to figure out how responding the way they do is helpful to them. Okay. So just, you know, beginning to open these things up for conversation. Now, if you're on the other side of that and you're listening today and you're kind of eye rolling at yourself because you know you get bit by this victim mentality bug fairly frequently, or maybe you're even feeling like you got stuck there, then today's bonus guide will definitely help you find new ways of dealing with this challenge. And in it, we help you understand the locus of control issue in more detail and how to move from an external locus of control to an internal locus of control. You know, that may not sound like a sexy pitch, but making this shift will change your life. Yeah. And you can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll take a 60-second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? 
Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about why people can persist in this mentality, this victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about how or where it comes from. Okay. So how do people fall into this victim mode? Okay. So victim mentality is often learned and learned from going through unpleasant situations and being unable to prevent them. So that's legit stuff, right? Yeah. Like severe or chronic health problems, injuries, accidents, even abuse, those kinds of things. Yeah. Doesn't mean that anybody who goes through these gets the victim mentality, but it does happen to some of us sometimes. I think some of us all just go here every once in a while, like man colds. (laughs) For all the guys that are sitting there, you know, like shrugging and rolling their eyes, I just busted you. Sorry. (laughs) That is a very severe health problem though, Caleb. It is. It is. And completely under-recognized by women. (laughs) Apparently. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But no, back to the serious side of things. Uh, We talked about adverse experiences in childhood a little while ago. So those adverse experiences in your family of origin can play a big part in developing this mindset. But it also depends on how other people react to your behavior too. So if your parents only showed you affection when you were hurt Mm. or upset, it may teach a child that playing the victim is the only way to receive attention and love. Like if they exclusively exclusively reserve their positive attention for those moments. Yeah. Then you learn, okay, when I'm, when I'm hurt, when I'm the victim, I get attention the, and love. Yeah. Okay. Just one possibility, okay? I think it's good to understand the source of these kinds of issues because it's easy to become frustrated when your spouse appears to be stuck in this mentality. So again, we're kind of back to when you're married to this person, can we develop some compassion? Yep. Okay, maybe this is like the only time my wife got any sympathy right. or attention or the undivided, you know, kind of... Uh, love of her parents or whatever, right? And then that part is easier to embrace than just yes. this victim who's feeling sorry yeah. for themselves. Or, yes. Yeah. And what that does, it makes some room for compassion. Not that we need to embrace the victim mentality, but compassion towards the person who's in this space. Okay. Now, let's talk about how victim mentality impacts marriage. So a spouse with a victim mindset can be challenging to live with since they are constantly wanting help from their spouse, but at the same time rejecting any attempts made to help. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be difficult. Yep. Now, a couple of researchers in 1999, when they were looking at these, this issue, they found that victim mentality and the external locus of control in either one or in both spouses, that this was linked to lower marital satisfaction for both. Okay. Specific effects of the mindset that they discovered were, number one, more use of bad conflict resolution strategies or poor conflict resolution strategies, such as avoiding confrontation or being passive aggressive. Mm, Number two, blaming your spouse for problems rather than accepting responsibility, which is a very disempowered position to be in. Right. But it's easy to do even if you're not in the victim mentality. Very much so. Number three, 
Why are you laughing? <laughs> what? Well, I just, uh, why am I laughing? <laughs> now I'm hedging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Totally. This is the buying time by asking a question back technique. Because we all do this sometimes. And I, I think that, you know, there may be occasions on which you blame your spouse for problems rather than accepting responsibility. <laughs> like it's happened maybe once since we got married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you're just outright lying. <laughs> Okay, yes, I don't like to accept responsibility. And I saw you smirking there, so I thought, well, that's funny. She's smirking too. <laughs> Number three, less likelihood of being assertive and directly stating what you want and need. Hmm. Number four, less likelihood of using good problem-solving skills to deal with marital problems. Like hedging around stuff instead of stating it directly. What were we just saying about being passive-aggressive? <laughs> Number five, higher rates of physical and verbal aggression. So that's on the more serious side. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, less willingness. Like, so that's kind of number five is like lashing out. Uh, okay. Not that I want to minimize an abusive situation, but this could just be marital bad behavior, not necessarily abuse, okay. right? Yeah. Number six, less willingness to cooperate and compromise on conflict issues. So I'm kind of more rigid and I'm not as willing to work with you on something. Okay. Why that? Like, um, how does that help me if I was a victim mentality? Like, why compromise? Because, because I think, I think it's, if it's kind of settled into this place for a while, it's a fairly entrenched mentality. And so it, it doesn't have like a flexible feel to it at all. So it's more like, you know, this is how it is. And I'm not willing to consider the gray areas or compromise. It has to okay. fit with my mentality or I don't accept it. Okay. So or even like this has already happened to me. There's no point in right. coming up with a better solution because right. I'm already a victim. Right. And so in that language, you have the, the black and white thinking. That's kind of in here, right? Okay. Which leads to less willingness to cooperate and compromise okay. on conflict issues. Okay. So as you can see, it puts some real strain on marriage. It creates a platform for behaviors that you wouldn't normally want to engage with, but you might find yourself doing mm, anyways. I just out of frustration. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's very stuck. Stuck. Yeah. So the question becomes, how can a couple break out of this? Okay. How can a couple break out of this? Yes, that is the question. <laughs> <laughs> Now, our thoughts here are primarily directed toward the spouse who finds themselves resorting to the victim mentality okay. more than they want to, okay? Okay. So number one is think about breaking the cycle. And this is challenging, but I don't think it's impossible. People with victim mentality generally do not believe that they can be helped, right? Okay. This means that when, they're, when their spouse attempts to help, they're more likely to reject it. Okay. And, and as you can imagine in any marriage, like if your spouse is trying to help you and you reject that. Then they feel rejected. Yes. And they're going to reject you because... You don't want the help. Yes. And it hurts getting rejected. So I'm going to reject you so that oh I don't feel goodness. rejected. So now so, we've got like this cycle going. Kind of, or at least stuck again. Yeah. So as the spouse who experiences the victim mentality, then it becomes really important to find ways to open yourself up to your spouse's attempts to help you, at least in little ways. Okay. Learning to react more positively when your spouse offers help, uh, it's going to make them more willing to help and able to actually help you. And that... If you begin to make more and more space for this and, mm -hmm. and try to move yourself towards, okay, I need to let him or her in so we can collaboratively problem solve, this will eventually destroy the idea that your problems are unsolvable. Oh, and that breaks the cycle right there. Yes, yes. Now, that sounds trite and easy, but remember these, you know, if you're in this place, 
like a chronic health issue may seem like a huge insurmountable problem. And you may not be able to change that, but can you make room for your spouse to help you at least shift in little steps towards a higher level of functioning or adapting to it as best you can or thinking about it in the most uh, grace-based way possible? So you're coming to it more out of fullness rather than just being like dried up and and stuck and you know what I mean? Okay. So don't, uh, again, watch the black and white thinking, which says there's no point even starting. Just see if you can make little steps around stuff. Like you don't have to fix this in a day. No. Hmm. But opening yourself up to that can help break that cycle. And then there's empowerment. So another group of researchers in 2015, they found that people can develop more of an internal locus of control and less of a victim mindset by finding areas of life that they excel in. Hmm. Doing well at work, even in hobbies or even in some niched areas of life. Learning new skills that allow you to improve, to grow, that develop your sense of autonomy, that increase your self-esteem, that help kind of bolster the belief that you can positively impact your circumstances. All those kinds of things. Finding small successes. Find those and build on them. That's really the idea with empowerment. And everybody is good at something. Everybody's good at something. And it's really kind of finding those areas where you shine and you excel. And maybe through your suffering, you find that there's there's something in that suffering that you see the world the way other people don't. You can reach out to others or, Mm you know, be better at giving gifts of mercy or, you know what I mean? Like whatever it might be, or maybe you just take up a hobby of fixing small engines, whatever, like. Okay. I'm going kind of random different stuff here because it's it's for you, but it's finding those little success areas. Because those might be hard to find if you feel like you're a victim and yeah. everything happens to you. Yeah, but just kind of beginning try. to try and then to build on them. Okay. And then as part of that empowerment, think of it in the relational context with your spouse as well. Learning good conflict resolution, learning problem solving skills inside of your marriage, uh, reading books about it, learning to be assertive. That will help you, just that one alone will help you to have more control over what happens to you. And it'll allow your spouse to more effectively meet your needs because you can tell them what you want. Okay, Assertiveness, okay. right? So, and there's more on this empowerment stuff in the bonus guide for today's episode. Okay. But just think about the empowerment thing and, and go for specific ways to improve your level of empowerment. Okay. Uh, number two, back to those secondary gains. So what are secondary gains again? Uh, this is number three. The secondary gains were like those almost unconscious benefits to being in the victim mentality. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So recognize, first of all, that you may be or are likely to be holding on to the mindset to some degree because of the positives it brings, those secondary gains. Mm-hmm. And then the question becomes, how can I find healthier ways to meet those needs? Mm-hmm. That can help resolve the mentality issue. So those, the secondary needs are often valid, right? Remember I gave the example of, you know, this was the only time your parents showed you love and affection was when you were suffering. You're in, you were the victim of something, right? It's not wrong to want love and affection. Those are valid needs. But the question becomes, how do you go about getting those needs in a way that's functional instead of dysfunctional, that's empowering instead of disempowering to Mm -hmm. yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. That's healthy. And how do you how do you ask for those needs to be met from a place of assertiveness rather than passivity? Okay. Am I not making sense? Yeah. No, I'm just trying to think of like, what does this look like in real life? Well- Like, I w- can I have a hug? Yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I just need some reassurance right now that, that um, you're going to help me get through this. Okay. Yeah. But that sounds needy. Like that, that would almost be hard to say, I think. But, you know, if you think about, what if I asked you- Okay, what if I said that to you versus, uh, you know, me playing this some kind of passive game where you had to figure out how to give that to me without being asked for it directly? 
Oh, to figure out what you actually yeah. wanted and needed. Yes. Okay. By playing the victim card, right? It's like, okay, I'd rather sit down and tell you, you know what, baby, I'm going to walk with you through this every step of the way. Right. It's just more direct and uh, it's making the covert overt. Okay. Always yeah. useful. Now, back on the on the side of the person married to someone who's in this victim mentality. Yeah. Think about helping versus rescuing. If you're married to someone with a victim mindset, it's tempting to want to try and rescue them by solving all their problems for them, but that mm. keeps them in a place of powerlessness. And they come to rely on you rather than seeing themselves as capable by themselves, like in and of themselves. Okay. So assisting your spouse and helping them figure out how to solve issues is therefore more helpful than simply fixing everything for them. Delicate balance, a little tricky. Yeah. Don't have to get it perfect. Just work on it. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, you want to make sure that your part in the dynamic is contributing towards empowerment rather than towards enabling and related to breaking the cycle that it's communicating acceptance and accountability towards them rather than rejection towards them. Okay. Again. So, but like if they're in this passive stance, they're not being assertive to tell you what they want, what they need. How are you going to know what the problem is? To assist them to help figure out how to solve them. Well, they often complain about the problem. Oh, so the problem's more obvious. Yes. Okay. And this is hard. Like, I don't doubt that this is hard to, or I know this is hard to figure out because I've worked with folks on both sides of this, right? So it it takes some work, but it's really kind of thinking these moments through and coming to them a little better prepared. Okay. Uh, with that, you know, how do I help versus rescue? How do I assist rather than fix? Yeah. Right? Oh, because it'd be so much easier to just be like, oh, let me fix this. Yes. Yes. Okay. How do I empower rather than enable? Tricky. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. But we have many courageous listeners who are very resourceful and they figure out a lot of tough stuff. So we're, we know you guys have it. Mm-hmm. So we're hopeful for you here too. Indeed. All right. Yes. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Marianne, thank you for becoming a patron between this recording and our previous one. Big thank you there. And Caleb, next week. Next week, we're talking about what to do when people in your support network cannot see the domestic abuse, particularly the emotional abuse that you're experiencing. So sometimes uh, if, if you have a particularly uh, suave and smooth abuser, the, then the abuse survivor is like nobody sees what he or she's going through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet they need that support. So how do they kind of rally that support network around them in order to move towards healing and safety? Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll be good. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 218. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.